life, for joy, for coffee, for caffeinated and decaffeinated coffee and treats, and for friends, for community. Speak to us this morning. Give us perspective on, on the other 166 hours of our week this morning. Remind us why we're here. Most importantly, remind us that you're here. And let us sit in that, let us rest in that, and let us be absolutely energized, animated, refreshed, and refilled by that reality. Holy Spirit, we know you're everywhere, but we also know that you love to be invited, you love to be welcomed, you, you're so tender that you don't like to crash parties unless you know that you're welcome at that party. You're not overbearing. So we pull back space in our lives, in our hearts, in our minds to make space for you. And we say, come, fill that space. Let's just pause for a minute and just kind of hone in our awareness on, on the presence of the triune God. Where you're sitting or standing, would you just take a minute? We're going to talk about these three different words that God's put on my heart for Coastlands. And the words, I'm going to unpack them a little bit in a moment, but the words are encounter, experience, and encourage. Those are the words. And you all know what they mean. You might not know with what nuance I'm kind of bringing them for this particular situation, but, but encountering God, experiencing community, and encouraging one another, which one of those do you need this morning? Do you need to encounter God where you're at and just kind of be met by God? Do you need to experience relationship and community? Do you need encouragement in where you're at? Will you just think about that for a minute and just say a quick prayer in your seat? Say, God, this is, this is what I'm needing from you this morning. Just think about that for a moment, and then just, just quietly in your seats, just express that to God. God, I need to meet you, or God, I, I need to experience relationship, or I, I need encouragement. Go ahead and just, yeah, do that real quick in your seat, if you don't mind. God, thank you that you hear us. Thank you that you're not busy off somewhere keeping the world together. You are, but at the same time, in the midst of holding everything together, you can still come and sit by us and listen to us and hear our hearts, hear our needs, our unexpressed desires and our expressed desires. Thank you that you're so vast yet so close. We sit in awe of that and we're grateful for that. Hey, I have some encouragement for you taking us on a tiny little, little detour. I'll bring us back around. But my wife, some of you know, uh, six months ago or so, we found out that her kidney function was at a, a really strong, sarcasm, uh, 15%. And the kidney doctor said, yep, you need a transplant. That's never going to recover. That's, there's no way. There's nothing you can do about it. She had her labs done Monday, got the results a couple days ago. She's at 28%. So, yes, we know that's not 100. I don't know if anybody's kidneys are at 100, but the doctor just, he, he's like, 
keep doing whatever you're doing. Because <laughs> what do you say to that, you know? She, her, her mentality is, I don't have time on my schedule for a transplant this year. So I just, <laughs> sorry, kidneys, you got to kind of come in line with, with my plan. So 28%, I, when she called me, I just, yeah, just so, we're so encouraged by that. Um, we spoke last Sunday, for those of you that were here, you, you remember this, I guess I should say, for those of you that weren't here, the three words that God put on my heart for us to pray into for each other were, what does Jesus want to do in you? What does the Father want to do for you? And what does the Holy Spirit want to do through you in 2015? And we broke off. Speaking of that, I wanted to ask, one of the things that we, we don't get enough time to do, we, we have these powerful times of prayer. I, I personally was really ministered to. Um, Brandon Silva and Carl and Pamela were praying with me last week, and it was really, really significant for me. But one of the things that I wish we had more time to do was hear from other people and say, okay, so in those times when we're off praying, what is God doing? And I, I want to open it up real quick. Is there anybody that you just, God met you in some way last week, during our prayer time for in, for, and through, that you're like, you know, I would, I would just love briefly to share that with everybody and just encourage everybody with what God was saying. Is there anybody that wouldn't mind just briefly filling us in on what the Holy Spirit was up to for, with, or through you? Yeah, Chris? Just kind of bring you up to where I am. This in the back, can you, yeah, let's make sure. So here's, and let me, let me just say this real quick while we're doing it. The reason for the standing is because I don't want to turn this sharing. We love participation. We love sharing, but we don't want it to turn into a dialogue or a kind of between me and the person. It's about all of us, and so that's why I, you'll hear me say, will you please stand? So, yeah, so Chris, yeah, share with us what's happening. Well, so just wanted to yeah. share that. I love it. I love it. What a great job you have. It's easy. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. You don't even have to clock in. You just, you're never off the clock, right? I love it. That's awesome, Chris. Thank you. Yeah, we totally adopt you. Yeah. You're, you're stuck. You're not going anywhere. Yeah. Cool. Maybe one more. Isn't it cool to just see that God actually, this is the thing, we all know this, but sometimes it, you need that little reminder, like, God actually works outside the doors and the walls of this gym, right? Like, God's involved 25-8 in our lives. Yeah, I think that's right. He does, God works overtime in our lives. It's just an issue of, yeah, are we noticing? So, yeah, maybe one more person that could share briefly, just something that, yeah. Sarah Shotwell, Provenzano. <laughs> That's for you, David. Thank you, Sarah. Very cool. Yeah. So I wanted to share with you quickly, um, I'm going to read through a passage of Scripture I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read through a California style, which means fast. I learn when I go travel to different places, they're like, wow, you talk really fast. You know that as Californians, we, we talk significantly fast. Especially when you go to the south, you're like, whoa, is this like, is this an auctioneer there? Um, but I want to read through this passage of Scripture, and I want you to look as we, as we do this. I notice so these, this kind of frame of, of encounter the Father, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit and experiencing community, and encouraging one another in the kingdom, I was thinking, well, what's, who's like a biblical, I guess the question would be, is there anybody in the scriptural narrative that hasn't experienced those components? But I thought, where is a place that we kind of see all of those in one place? And 
I want to read that to you and, and listen as you listen to the story. Look for the ways in which Paul encountered God or maybe was encountered by God, experienced community, and was encouraged in the kingdom. So this is the story of Saul slash Paul's conversion. So this is Acts chapter 9, verses 1 through 31. If you want to read along with us, if you want to just, uh, if you want to read in your own Bible or on your iBible or up on the screen, or if you want to just listen, doesn't matter, however you want. So meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues in Damascus, so that if he found any there who belonged to the way, which is a great term for being a follower of Jesus, any that belonged to the way, Man, when they put a capital W in front of the way, you know there's something significant about what you're a part of, right? Whether men or women, that he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. As he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. Do you notice? Okay, I wasn't planning on giving all these little segues, but when we think of heaven, we normally think of where? Up, don't we? But where does it say it flashed? Around him, not above him. Take note of that. A light from heaven flashed around him, something he was already a part of. Maybe his eyes were open to it. He fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, later I'm going to show you where this voice came from, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? I'm just kidding, there's supposed to be a space there. You know that. Why do you persecute me? Think about this for a minute. Who was Saul killing? Had Saul killed Jesus? Who was he persecuting? Does Jesus say, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting my children? Why are you persecuting my friends, my servants, my instruments, my slaves? What does he say? He makes it very personal, doesn't he? Jesus says, why are you persecuting me? You touch my kids, you're touching me. And Saul very uh, insightfully says, Who are you, Lord? He kind of knows, doesn't he? I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting, the voice replies. Now get up and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. The men traveling with Saul stood there speechless. They heard the sound, but did not see anyone. Saul got up from the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he could see nothing. So they led him by the hand into Damascus. For three days he was blind and did not eat or drink anything. In Damascus, there was a disciple named Ananias. The Lord called to him in a vision, Ananias. Yes, Lord, he answered. The Lord told him, go to the house of Judas on Straight Street. Sounds like something out of San Francisco or something. And ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul, for he is praying. In a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias come and place his hands on him to restore his sight. And Ananias is thinking, yay, <laughs> I get to go to my death so this guy can have his vision back and have a little bite to eat. Woohoo! Lord, Ananias answered, I've heard many reports about this man and all the harm he has done to your holy people in Jerusalem. And he has come here with authority from the chief priests to arrest all who call on your name. But the Lord said to Ananias, go, this man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and their kings and to the people of Israel. You don't worry about it. I'll show him how much he must suffer for my name. Then Ananias went to the house and entered it. 
What a courageous man. Placing his hands on Saul, he said, please don't kill me. <laughs> brother Saul, he calls him brother. The Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here, has sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Let's keep going a tiny bit. Immediately, something like scales fell from Saul's eyes and he could see again. He got up and was baptized. And after taking some food, he regained his strength. Paul or Saul spent several days with the disciples in Damascus. At once, he began to preach in the synagogues that Jesus is the Son of God. So that's an important piece there. He spent several days with the disciples and immediately begins to preach. Jesus is the Son of God. Jesus is the Messiah. All those who heard him were astonished and asked, isn't he the man who raised havoc in Jerusalem among those who call on this name? And hasn't he come here to take them as prisoners to the chief priests? Yet Saul grew more and more powerful and baffled the Jews living in Damascus by proving that Jesus is the Messiah. After many days had gone by, there was a conspiracy among the Jews to kill him. But Saul learned of their plan. Day and night they kept close watch on the city gates in order to kill him. But his followers took him by night and lowered him in a basket through an opening in the wall. When he came to Jerusalem, he tried to join the disciples, but they were all afraid of him, not believing that he really was a disciple. But Barnabas, whose name means son of encouragement, took him and brought him to the apostles. He told them how Saul on his journey had seen the Lord and that the Lord had spoken to him and how in Damascus he had preached fearlessly in the name of Jesus. So Saul stayed with them and moved about freely in Jerusalem, speaking boldly in the name of the Lord. He talked and debated with the Hellenistic Jews, but they tried to kill him. When the believers learned of this, they took him down to Caesarea and sent him off to Tarsus. Then the church throughout Judea, Galilee, and Samaria enjoyed a time of peace, shalom, remember, and was strengthened, living in the fear of the Lord and encouraged by the Holy Spirit. It increased in numbers. We'll probably be done by three today. So if you have anywhere to go, um, no, we won't be done by three. It'll be like two at the latest. <laughs> Saul powerfully encountered, we should actually say, was encountered by the living God. It knocked him off his horse. And literally blinded him. And what was one of the reasons? What do you think was going on when Jesus blinded him? Why didn't Jesus just turn and, and heal him when he wanted him to be healed? <laughs> he couldn't kill anybody while he's blind. That's, that's kind of a benefit. I mean, his encounter on its own is just such a Powerful, powerful thing. Really quick. We mentioned that it doesn't say a voice from above him, from heaven. It says a voice around him. Galatians, Paul actually tells us where the voice is coming from. Galatians 1.16. Do you have any guesses where the voice came from that Saul heard? Saul is a Christian killer. We go over the keynote real quick, Cam. And... Go ahead and skip down to Galatians 1.16. It should be in there. How many of you imagine the voice Saul heard as something external? 
because it says other people heard the voice. But now that's partially true, but what do we do with this? Galatians 1.16, Paul, Saul, the Christian killer, says, when God, who had set me apart even from my mother's womb and called me through His grace, was pleased to reveal His Son in me so that I might preach Him among the Gentiles. Others heard the voice too. But where did Paul trace the source back to of the voice he heard? You want to know what the Greek word for in is here? Anybody know it? I'm pretty sure that it's this word that means outside. No, it's these two letters, E-N. Any guesses what that might mean? In. The Greek word for in is, dun-dun-dun, in. <laughs> like in, inside. So Saul, Paul, the Christian killer, has Jesus revealed to him from inside of himself. You ever feel like God is distant? Like God is far away? Like God is kind of removed? Like God doesn't care? Like you're like, man, I'm just not a good enough person to be that close to God. Now, well, think about that verse a little bit if you find yourself thinking that. Now, theologically, we don't have time to unpack all of that, but I just couldn't resist just throwing it out there. So Saul gets knocked off his horse and Jesus is revealed from inside of him somehow. He encounters the living God and it changes him. And then Jesus doesn't say, hey Saul, why don't you go and go to this place and I'm going to heal you. What does he do? Jesus speaks to another person named Ananias and says, go to Saul and pray for him. What was Jesus forcing Saul into? Jesus was forcing Saul into community. He's forcing Saul into community. Because God says this is the way we're wired. This is the only way this Christian thing can be done. Have I told you guys that story about the Muslim man that had a vision of Jesus? Did I tell you about that? I, don't, I get confused about what stories I tell where because I'm getting old. Well, can I tell you real quick in case I haven't? Think about this for a minute. So, well, you know what? So, Cam, let's, let's just show our kind of big picture real fast. We, we changed our website, if you didn't notice. Um, it's all about presentation, right? Remember Megamind? What's the difference between a villain and a supervillain? Presentation. No, but so here are words that God's calling us into encounter, experience, and encourage. And we'll we'll talk again about encounter in a minute, but this whole experiencing community, this reality that Saul was called he, in his blindness, Jesus sends him to go be met by this man named Ananias. And Jesus could have just healed him right there, but it reminds me of a story of this Muslim man. You know that Jesus will show up in visions and dreams to Muslims. In, in insane ways with, with crazy frequency. Have you heard some of those stories? Yeah. 
So you would imagine, right, that there's this, this Muslim man that's in this place where there's very low access to the message of Jesus. If Jesus is going to take the time to reveal himself, to show up to this person, you would imagine that Jesus would kind of preach the gospel, wouldn't you? Like, well, Jesus, if you're showing up right there, why don't you tell this gentleman who you are so that he can get saved? Well, this is one particular story I read. There was a young man that had a vision of Jesus. And in the vision, in this dream actually, Jesus shows this man a picture of another man and a tree. And he says, tomorrow evening, this man will be walking by this tree. The man that had the vision, had the dream. He knew what the tree was. He recognized it. And Jesus in the dream says, you will meet this certain man if you wait by this tree. And you're thinking, wait, that's kind of weird. So this Muslim man, he goes to the certain tree and waits 14, 15 hours. Finally, he could barely see. It's so dark out, he could barely see. And this man that he had seen in his vision comes walking up. And he says, um, excuse me, <laughs> I'm sure it wasn't in English, but he says, hey, I know you, we need to talk, right? I mean, can you imagine waiting 15 hours, like, just wondering, like, am I crazy? And he sees the person that he saw in his dream, and he runs up to him, and he says, hey, this is my name, this is my story, I need to know you, and, and the, young, the man that he met, he said, hey, come to my house, let's have a meal. Let's get to know each other. Now, this is the point to me. It's, this is what, it's the same thing with Ananias and Saul. Jesus was telling the good news of this other man. Jesus didn't preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. He preached the good news of another man's coming to get to know you, to show you what I'm like. Jesus brought this Muslim man into community instead of just getting him saved and moving on and giving a dream to someone else. Do you guys see that? Doesn't that seem a little, like, contrary to our Western missionary methods? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I, I, I know some friends that have done a little bit of that. But Jesus values community so deeply. Let me, I, I got a little ahead of myself. Let me go back real quick. So, so these three words, encounter, experience, and encourage, they really hold together some of the most important things, the three core needs that we have as humans. And I want to give you some other terminology for it, just to kind of frame it quickly. And then we will go really quick through this. So let's go to the next one. Here's another way you could look at it. I think it's N.T. Wright. He, he says it this way, that the, every human being made in the image of God is wired for worship, for relationship, and for stewardship. For a God to worship, for people to belong to, or people to be in relationship with, and for something to do with your life, with your skills, with your capacities. You, wouldn't you agree that if any of those three are kind of off-kilter in your life, there's just something wrong about your whole existence? You just, you have to get it in place, right? Um, there's another way he words it. How, what's our age group in here? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well. Yeah, if I word it that way, parents, you might have to have some conversations with your kids. It might be a little premature, so... Let's just say, yeah. Let's just say another way he words it is God. 
Parents, where'd your kids come from? <laughs> and gardening. You know what I'm talking about. So these three needs of a need for God, a need for relationship, and a need for gardening, something to do with ourselves. Or you could word it this way. This is another way to look at it. Where is it? You could say we have the need to believe, belong, and become. That every human being, we have these needs to believe, to belong, and to become. Or finally, just one last way. Are you guys writing all this down? You don't have to be. Worship, community, and mission. These are kind of the three things that, that hold us together as a church body. Worship, community, and mission. So here's how we wanted to say this. We, we saw this in the life of Paul, Saul, that he got encountered by Jesus. He got hammered by Jesus, knocked off his horse. And that's what we want. How did we, I think it's, I think it's in the keynote, right? Is that really if we have done our job on a Sunday morning, as Coastlands, we are encountering the Father, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. And encounter is an interesting word, isn't it? We kind of use it sometimes in negative situations, don't we? Where's our English people? Like, like encounter has some, sometimes some negative sentiment to it. It can. Like, I encounter difficulties on my journey. I think it comes from words that mean in contra, like in and against. So, so sometimes encounter is a painful thing, but, but the thing I liked about encounter was that there's an air of unpredictability and surprise to it. That when you encounter something, usually you weren't expecting it to be there. Now, we do come with expectation, but sometimes the Holy Spirit kind of comes and just kind of gets you from behind. Right? So we want to not just be with God, but we want to encounter God in a way that leaves us changed, in a way that leaves us impacted, in a way that marks us and challenges us and does something to us. So the way we worded it on the website, and there, here's just some language for you to, to think about, is that as Coastlands, by the way, it was Coastlands' third anniversary, uh, the 8th of January. You know that this, this little thing has been going on for three years? That's kind of crazy. Three years of this little community. Our first priorities as Coastlands, at least in my mind, are that we would encounter God the Father, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit and be encountered by them. We desire these encounters individually and collectively on Sundays and throughout the week. Where's that noise? Sounds like a really fast motorcycle down Highway 1. I don't know what that was. But this is what it's all about for us. Is If we come here and if we aren't met by Jesus, we're probably doing something... No, I don't want to say it that way. If this is the only thing that happens on a Sunday morning, we've done our job. Worship, the point of worship isn't to have a cool music experience. The point of worship is to be caught up into the goodness and presence. It is nice to have a cool music experience. But the reason we worship is to be caught up into the goodness and the presence of God.
let me ask you something. When you come here on a Sunday morning, Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm being quiet because I'm processing. <laughs> it's, be proud of me. I'm trying to filter. For those of you that know me well, you'll, you'll know that. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good thing when I'm trying to filter. Here's my question for you. Before you show up here on a Sunday morning, how much time do you spend asking God to meet us and preparing your heart to be met by God. Do This is really weird for me. Yeah. The, the thing I'm wondering is, who is doing the carrying of the weight of inviting Jesus into this place? Because if it's all on me, don't waste your time coming. Not that I don't spend time asking for that. But who are the ones that spend time before we walk through the doors here saying, Jesus, if you don't show up, we've wasted our time. So my thoughts for you are, if you do do that, thank you. If you don't do that, would you consider it? Because our experience here on a Sunday morning, our experience here, is only as rich as the sum total of our level of engagement that we all bring. Our experience here on a Sunday morning is only as rich as the sum total of what we all bring to it. Do we have that in mind on Sunday morning before we walk through the door? I really hope that we do. I feel on most Sundays that we do. but I would really encourage you to just be aware. What are you not just expecting when you come, but what are you planning on bringing with you in terms of energy and engagement and participation and expectation? You ever heard people use the term church shopping? They're like, yeah, we're going church shopping. Please be careful with that. Please don't say that around me. I'm a pastor. <laughs> it makes me feel objectified. Okay, I'm half kidding. The thing I love about Coastlands is we don't come here with a consumer mentality. That's one of the things that's beautiful about this community is we're not a consumer church. But I feel like it just needs to be restated that to the extent we're going to meet with God is the extent to which all of us come together and cry out to God together to show up. All right, is that fair? Can I get off my pedestal now? Okay. <laughs> Got it? It's important to me because I feel the weight sometimes, you guys. I feel like, all right, well, I better bring the goods. Guess what? 
I don't really have goods to bring. I've learned some stuff. I can, I can tell you some stories, but we all need to bring the goods. And those goods are, Jesus, show up. Just rock our worlds. Just light us up inside. Just light us up inside. Okay, moving on. The next one. So we want to encounter God. We want to experience a genuine faith community. The, the thing I loved when I first came through the door here at Coastlands was that people actually cared about who I was. And it wasn't just so that they could plug me in and, and use me somewhere. But it was like, hey, who are you? Tell me your story. What are you about? What are you doing here? There's a sense of being genuine that's, that's really important to us that we need to hold on to. Uh, go ahead and go to the next one, Cam. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to take forever on all these. Don't worry. Our heart as a community is that we would experience community in a warm, friendly, and vulnerable <gasps> environment. We believe that experiencing community reveals some of the deepest truths about who we are and who God is. Community is how God expresses God's self to the world. The Great Commission, remember? I think I have it in here, actually. Go ahead and take, yeah, right? Is it in there, Cam? Matthew 28, the last thing Jesus says to his disciples, and Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. Now, this is the phrase that we hear quite often, and we take it very literally, because we take a lot of the Bible too literally sometimes. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. So what, we, what that means for us, right, is we go and we dunk somebody underwater and we say, in the name of Jesus, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and we dunk them. But I'll read on and I'll come back to that. Teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. What does to be baptized mean? To be baptized means to be immersed in something. Do you think that when Jesus says name, do you think that he's literally talking about the letters in the name? Or do you think he's talking about something richer, something more profound? Do you think he's talking a little more symbolically? Dallas Willard, who passed away, I think, in May of this year, right? Dallas Willard, his paraphrase of this portion of the Great Commission says this, Go therefore and make apprentices of communities from every nation, immersing them in community that reflects the Trinitarian life of God. It's only in community people can meet God. Why? Because it's only community that reveals the deepest nature of what God is. We don't do community because it's fun and because it helps us. We do community because we're wired for it. We're created for it. Everything began in community and everything will end in community. Revelation 19, remember? The climax of the biblical trajectory, you know what it is? The end of the story? Remember? We talked about this and we talked about food. It's a wedding banquet. The climax of the biblical story is a feast with people sitting around a table enjoying one another's presence in the presence of the triune God. That's where everything is headed, is to a party in community where no one is excluded. Everyone is welcome. Everyone is embraced. We are called to live that now as an expression of the future. You know what the church really is? The church is like a movie trailer of the world to come. 
When you watch a movie trailer, do you, you're like, man, that was the greatest movie trailer. And then you just kind of like go on and watch the next movie trailer. What, is it, what does a movie trailer make you want to do? What does it stir in you? It stirs in you anticipation for the real thing, right? Do you know that that's what the church is called to be for the world to come? The church, we are called to be the movie trailer for the world to come where people come and see us and they're like, whoa, I want some of that. That's what I get to look forward to. That's why we do community. We are called to be the people that bring the future into the present so that people can experience the life of heaven now. Okay, last one. Encourage one another in the kingdom. Do you guys ever forget why you're doing what you're doing? Raise your hand if you've ever just been tempted to forget why your life matters. One of the things that we get to do for each other is come around each other and say, hey, guess what? You know what I see in you? You know what I value in you? You know how I see God working in and through and for you? Because sometimes we're too close to a thing to experience it, aren't we? To really be aware of it. One of the things that we're called to do is to encourage one another in our identities, in our kingdom adventures. I'll let you see how we worded it. As Coastlands, I believe that we are called to encourage one another in our identities. Hey, this is who you are. And this is who you're not. In our daily walks with God, and in our kingdom adventures, whether they're nine to five jobs or specific ministry projects. Thanks for the help crafting the wording there. Sarah, SP. Because really, it's so easy sometimes to just forget, isn't it? My job for the kingdom, to pick on somebody in our midst, my job for the kingdom is saving people from Morro Bay's garbage water and helping them stay healthy, especially when they have kidney things going on, by giving them incredibly clean water to drink. Do you think that Rob's investment in his business has had any kind of impact on my wife's kidney numbers? Do you think that's possible? That he is actually helping my wife, her kidneys work less hard? Is there some kingdom in that? Does Jesus care about my wife's kidneys? Thank you for participating in my wife's healing. But we could say things about all of us, can't we? It's so easy to forget sometimes. I think we, there's a lot of different reasons. Maybe it's the sacred-secular split, you know. Maybe it's, there's a lot of reasons we get messed up in our thinking. But, you know, we we could put Andrew Wilkie on the spot. I won't. Okay, I'm going to. (laughs) I mean, any of you ever had a kid go through high school? Who's had a kid go through high school? 
Have you ever prayed that there would be good influences on their life as they go through the most formative and tumultuous years of their life? Yeah, well, guess what? Andrew Wilkie is a human answer to that prayer. By loving on high school kids in Atascadero and by loving on high school soccer kids in Morro Bay. I can't speak for Andrew whether or not he ever forgets that. And he's going to be like, Chris, I'm never coming to your church again, bro. Why did you do that to me on my first Sunday? But, love you, man. I'm glad you're here. But, isn't it easy sometimes to forget the ways in which we participate in the kingdom because our focus gets so narrow about what it is? So, who can you encourage? How do you see somebody here participating in a kingdom work? And do you think it, or do you also say it? Who are you inspired by in this community, and do they know that you're inspired by them? Anybody ever inspired by Mike and Betty Fry? Nobody, right? I'm sure one time, there was this one person that said something probably like, Man, I want to be like Mike and Betty when I grow up. You know how many times and how many different people I've heard say that in the last week? (laughs) I would venture to say that I bet every once in a while, even Mike and Betty forget what statesmen and mothers and fathers and grandparents there on the Lord. I, I, I bet there was even a time that you once got discouraged. You don't have to answer that. But, but I would bet that there was a time that you got discouraged. How awesome is it to think that you could be a contributor and a participant in helping Mike and Betty remember what rock stars they are in the kingdom of God? So you guys, all these things we're talking about, I'm not telling you what I think Coastlands should be. You know that? I'm telling you what I think Coastlands is. And just like a while back when I stepped into this role, I said, I don't feel like God's calling us to become something new. It's like a plant. What the plant is has already been determined from the very seed that it is. The seed doesn't change into a plant, the plant grows into more and more of itself as it matures and develops. As Coastlands in 2015, we're not going to become something new as much as we're going to become more of who we always are. And these are the words that just happen to, for me, articulate who I feel we're called to be. There's other words we could add, right? The word enjoy. There's a lot of E-words. We're just going to cycle through about a billion different E-words on our website. There'll be different E-words on your bulletin every week. You're never going to know what to expect. The crazier, the better. Words like equip and enjoy and extraterrestrial and give me another E-word. Oh, empower. I just heard the power. I was like, that starts with a P, Janie. Oh, okay. (laughs) Eric, will you tell her that empower? Oh, yeah. (laughs) What was the other E-word you said, Sarah? Evangelize. Evangelize. Like the Apple evangelists? Yeah? Electrify. Electrify. Energize. Excite. What was that? Enlighten. Oh, man, was that? Yeah. Is somebody taking notes? 
Embrace. Okay, I think we really will have to cycle through. Like, we'll just go through the E section of the dictionary. <laughs> Who knows what we might find on our bulletin some Sunday. No, but I'm not trying to tell you guys what I think Coastlands needs to become. I'm telling you who, how I see who we already are. That we're called to encounter God. Because there's nothing more important than that. We're called to experience community because that's what we're wired and created for. And we're called to encourage one another in the kingdom. Because Jesus has said, let me call this amazing group of people together so that Morro Bay and San Luis Obispo and Atascadero and Paso Robles and Shell Beach and Pismo and all these places, they can see my goodness, grace, and glory through my people that project my face and nature and character to the world. Isn't that really why we're here? So let's keep being that. Isn't it nice that you don't have to do much? Just be you? Man, I'm going long this morning. It's only 1.15. Made you look. Did anybody check your watch? You're like, it feels like it's 1.15. Quick thoughts from anybody before we pray. What... It, Am I on at all? Do you, do you see this? What do you, what do you need to correct, add, modify? Briefly, let's hear from, from yeah, two or three people. What's, Betty Fry is, is dying to correct something. No, no, no. No, this is <laughs> Guilty. Raise your hand if that's you. Here's, let me, I love that, let me, here is the prayer I would encourage you to pray before you walk through the door on Sunday morning. Jesus, knock us all off our horse and blind us with your light this morning. Would you pray that? Or something along those lines? <laughs> maybe something more articulate or more, <laughs> maybe more tender, but yeah, absolutely, I love that. Do people walk through these doors and just get knocked back? because of the heaviness and weightiness and the gravity of the glory of God. I hope so. Some mornings that's the case, huh? One of the things that I'd like to do, and I... You guys know that there's a spiritual gift called administration? Well, I just heard that recently. Because um, I don't really know that. I, I don't have that. So I'm saying this so that some of you can help me figure out what this means. This is what I would like to do is get something together where sometime during the week, even if it's 20 minutes before our gathering on Sunday morning, where people come together and the only agenda is to commit our time together to God and just carry it in prayer. Is there anybody that would be willing to commit for five years? No, I'm just kidding. No, but <laughs> I want you to think about if you would be willing. Let's just start simple. We're going we're gonna to actually activate this. Let's start simple. Would you be willing to come 15 or 20 minutes early on a Sunday morning to gather somewhere, maybe at the picnic tables in the back or something, and pray for our time together that Jesus would come and knock us off our horse? If you'd be willing to do that, then come next Sunday at, what's 20 minutes before we start, like 10, 15? <laughs> that was a little, I couldn't resist that. Um, no, come at like 940 Come at like 9.40 and just gather with a group of people and just say, Jesus, will you show up this morning? What do you want to say? What do you want to do? What's on your heart? Who can do that? Will some people do that? 
Okay, 9.40. I'm going to remind you guys in the email that I send out very consistently. Um, another thing that we want to do really quick, and then we'll land all this, is some people have brought up that sometimes, every once in a while, there's rich enough discussion here that it needs to overflow outside of our time together and be followed up on. I would like to see if there's anybody willing to kind of take turns facilitating a time where we just, if you would like to continue to dialogue about something we talk about on a Sunday morning, that we carry that conversation maybe out to the picnic tables or to lunch or something somewhere so that that can continue to happen. So that it isn't just like, oh, that was nice, move on, okay, what's next, I'm hungry. But we actually continue that dialogue. If you would be willing to be kind of the convener or the host or facilitator is not the right word, the point person for something like that, would you think about that? And we'll just say, all right, on, on a certain Sunday, if people want to just overflow the conversation, let's start doing that. Um, last thing along these lines. So showing up at 940 for prayer. Some people staying after to dialogue. And the last thing is we used to do this thing called Coastland's lunches. Remember those? Mm-hmm. Remember back when Cody, who was on the ball, had things actually rolling? Um, Cody was a lot better at scheduling and structure than I am. I'm, I'm learning. But one of the things that we did is about every month or so, we'd have a Sunday where we would go and meet somewhere and just have kind of open invite, whether it's a picnic at Del Mar or meeting at Taco Temple or something like that. I would like to see some of us resuscitate that. Resurrect that. Resurrect is a better word, right? Resuscitate. So if you are willing to be the... And when I say host, I just mean you're the one that says, hey, we're going to go to this place at this time. You don't pay. You don't have to bring food. You don't have to do anything. All you do is be the point person. If you're willing to be a facilitator of community on a Sunday after service at a certain place, would you think about where and when and let's start doing that? Because isn't that nice? We're already here, so let's keep the conversation going. Let's continue to get to know one another. Let's continue to be community, okay? So I'm not going to start scheduling things. I'm just going to say, if anybody wants to do that, please help me carry that. One of the reasons I don't want to do that is because I want to be in this for the long haul, and I'm a little bit oversensitive to burnout because I've done that before. So you'll find me just saying, hey, if it's on your heart, go for it. I believe in you. I got your back. Okay? So praying before our service. Nadine, you want to say something? You want to do one this afternoon? Just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm totally, I'm totally messing with you. That, you know, that suggestions are things that you might want to do. But if you don't want to bother you when you're busy, you know. I love input. It's hard on a Sunday evening to ask. Yeah. I remember I had to get a hold of Cody. Forget it. But I'm just saying yeah. it was a planned thing. Yeah. So please come to me with input and ideas. Be ready for me to say, all right, go for it. (laughs) Be ready for that. But absolutely, we want input. We want feedback. One of the things we're going to do over the next, I I don't know, Geiska's not here, but you guys know Geiska. She's one of her, she's in kids right now? Okay. So Geiska at some point is going to help us facilitate a communal visioning process. Because one of the reasons I don't have 100% Clarity and vision for coastlands, you know why? It's because God refuses to give it to me because it's not, it doesn't work that way. We're called to be community and we're called to discern who we are as community because we're all a part of this. 
So I have things on my heart, and you just heard some of them. But Geiska is going to help facilitate us in a process of drawing out what's in our hearts and saying, how do we pull this all together to become more of who we are? I'm excited about that because I know that God has embedded things in all of us, deposited things in all of us, that God wants to say, all right, let's draw this out and let's bring this together to make this such a potent group of people that will absolutely make an incredible dent on the central coast and the surrounding areas. All right, is that enough for you guys to take in for one morning? So some of you guys, like the visitors, you're like, oh, we kind of got a town hall meeting this morning. (laughs) Perfect. We want you to hear our hearts. We're glad you're here. So let's take a minute, literally, just a minute, and let's just pray that God would continue to form us, shape us, give us vision. Think about what God is calling you to bring to this community in 2015. Because there's space for you, and we need you. Jesus, Father and Holy Spirit, there's a lot to do, and there's a lot to be. Thank you for calling this wonderful group of people together, that we can come together and encounter you, be encountered by you, that we can experience community, that we can encourage one another, that we can remind one another who we are. Do something in us, through us, and for us as a group, whether we participate once every two months or every Sunday. Help us to know what we bring and remind us why it matters. Holy Spirit, we've all stepped into this building at one point or another and sensed something different. We've sensed something potent, something rich, something that you were doing. And sometimes we couldn't put our finger on it. But would you help us to give expression to it more next week than we do this week? And more in December of 2015 than December of 2014? Jesus, what are you doing and how can we be a part of it? Yeah, and Jesus, I ask that this would be a place of profound healing of our hearts, of our minds, of our image of you, of our understanding of you. That this would be a place of incredible resourcing. That we would all take not only what we have, but who we are and partner with one another to see your kingdom become a reality in our neighborhoods, in our families, in our friendships in our marriages. Jesus, knock us off our horses. Blind us with your light so that when we regain our vision, we see with clarity and we see reality. Help us to be that movie trailer of the life to come so that people see that and they're like, whatever that is, I want more of that. Give me that. It's for your kingdom's sake we pray. Amen. Let it be so. God has good things for us. Cody said something. Cody Cody did something kind of messed up. 
to me before I'm, we're kind of done. If you need to go, or if you, we're, it's it's almost time we need to pack up church in a box momentarily. Um, but there's some snacks I think that still need to be disposed of, and some coffee and stuff. So make sure to partake. But but I'll just tell you the story real quick. Uh, Cody was processing a lot, I'm sure, but he was sitting in our living room one day, and he, Sarah and I were just we had no idea what God had in store for our future, and he looked across our living room. And he's like, you know what? God's got good things for you guys. God's got something awesome for you. And he was thinking this whole thing, but we didn't know any of that. And we're just like, seriously, that's all you're going to say to us? Like, (laughs) really? Like, are you trying to be encouraging? Like, what do you, it was just so cryptic. But, But God has good things for us. And I'm excited to see them unfold and, and develop and unravel in the best way. So we're glad you're here. Thank you for being part of this. We do need help packing up. Those of you, there's a, there's a little box over there. Those of you that have contributed in 2014 to helping Coastlands happen financially, thank you. And there's a, what are they called? End of year giving statements. Um, go check in that box there and, and go ahead and just kind of flip through and open other ones and see who does what here. Um, there's giving statements over there. And um, hey, next week, we're going to start looking at trying to find the goodness in the badness of the Old Testament.